the prophet Isaiah says that God was looking for justice. But what he saw was bloodshed. That God was looking for righteousness. But what he saw was a cry. Today, we're going to talk about America and abortion and politics. Because today is Respect Life Sunday. And October, in addition to being the month of the Holy Rosary, is Respect Life Month. And many of you have spoken to me one-on-one, and I have heard things like, Father, we need to hear about abortion. Father, we're, we're, we're in an election year, and, and things seem kind of crazy, and, um, and we don't want you to tell us who to vote for, which is good, because I won't. But we want to hear something about what's going on like in our country and, and what we should do and how, like how we should form ourselves or inform ourselves and like what kind of people we should be and what things we should think about as we prepare to vote. And the thing that comes to mind today more than anything else is how often we in this country have said no and no and no again to God. We've said to God, get out of our lives, get out of our schools, get out of our courtrooms, get out of our homes. And so we should not expect anything but chaos until we change our minds and say both with our words and with our actions, God, we, we want you. We want you in our homes, in our foyer, in our living room, in our kitchen, in our bedroom. God, we want you in our courthouses to show justice. God, we want you in our schools. God, we want you in our hospitals and our doctor's offices. We want you in our streets. There's violence. And in all of our places where there's chaos. I can imagine, I don't know how God thinks. God is above us. But I can just imagine God reading like the founding documents of our nation and seeing things like, we hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. That we are endowed by our Creator with rights that come from Him. That we have the right to life, to freedom, to liberty, and to pursue happiness. And I can imagine God smiling at that. That's good. That's just. That's right. And then I imagine God looking at the United States in 2020 and saying, 
I look for justice. Over 200 years later, I look for a place where we treat other people in the right way. And yet I see bloodshed. I see 60 million babies murdered in their mother's womb since 1971. 60 million babies. Before I say anything else about that, I want to say this. Jesus loves you. God created you. You in this church? Anybody who listens to this later? And every single person whom you and I meet in our families, in our workplaces, in our schools, in the street, God loves you. Whatever sins you or I have committed in the past, God loves you and extends to you and to me His mercy. So as I speak today about the great evil of abortion, which if done without anybody forcing you to do it and knowing what you're doing, is a mortal sin. As I speak about that great evil, I want to say that if you have had an abortion, if you have driven or encouraged your girlfriend or your best friend or your spouse or your niece or your nephew or your grandchild or anybody else to have an abortion, if you are a doctor who has performed abortions. For you, Jesus loves you. There is mercy, and there is healing, and there is forgiveness. If anybody hears this homily today, who has taken part in any way in an abortion, I've got to tell you that what you did was evil, and I've got to tell you that God still loves you. And he extends to you the hand of his mercy. All you do is come to confession and receive his mercy. All you do, if you happen to have not been baptized, is come to baptism and get washed clean of all of your sins. And the church is here to walk with you and to accompany you on the path of healing. So as I talk about the great evil of abortion, and it is an evil, and getting an abortion, if you know what you're doing and nobody's forcing you to do it, is a mortal sin. And if, we, and if anyone dies with unrepented mortal sin, that person, Lord have mercy, God forbid, please keep us all from that. But if anybody dies with unforgiven mortal sin, that person goes to hell. Jesus loves you. He loves me. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He wants all of us to be with him forever. 
And that goes for whatever sin you and I have committed. We've said this before. Whatever sin, whatever sin you're most ashamed of, whatever sin is the worst one that you've ever done, Jesus loves you and extends his hand of mercy to you. But we, ha- but we as a nation have not in general, overall, as a society, receives that mercy and receives that love. And so we have killed, murdered, in the wombs of their mothers, 60 million babies. We have burned them with chemicals. We have dismembered them with metal instruments. We've, we've sucked them forth, sucked them out from their mother's womb and killed them as they were in the middle of being born. That's a partial birth abortion. And God says, or at least I perceive God to be saying, it seems to me that God says, I looked for justice and behold bloodshed. I looked for righteousness and yet I see violence and racism And politicians hollering at each other and unable to have a civil conversation. And family members hollering at each other and unable to have a civil conversation. And I want more for you than that. At the upcoming election, we have an opportunity in Louisiana to vote for the Love Life Amendment. All the Love Life Amendment does is, is very simple. It introduces an amendment to the Louisiana Constitution which says that there is no right to abortion in the Louisiana Constitution. It's as simple as that. One would think that that would be obvious. But in other states, there are judges who have found a right to abortion in their Constitution. So, one day, God willing, please Jesus, when Roe versus Wade is overturned, And one day, then, as we anticipate happening at that moment, the um, laws regarding abortion will no longer be federal, will no longer be federal, but will return to the states that Louisiana will be free to make any laws banning abortion. So the bishops of Louisiana all support the Love Life Amendment. Bishop Fobb supports the Love Life Amendment. Holy Cross Parish supports the Love Life Amendment. You see the signs outside. And I support the Love Life Amendment. So I'm not going to stand up here and tell you, tell you what, how to vote, but I am going to tell you that we all support that and that it's a good thing and that it gives us an opportunity to the day when Roe versus Wade, please God, is overturned to say in Louisiana that like, we don't want abortion. We don't, we're like, we don't do that. Like that's evil. And, um, and no, nobody can legislate from the bench to find that in our Constitution. Why is abortion evil? We can have lots of conversation uh, about the nuances of that, uh, and, th- and there are good conversations to be had, but the simple thing is this. At the moment of conception, you have a distinct human person. That, that, uh, that being that is conceived in the womb of the mother, it has a human mama, it has a human daddy, and it has human DNA. By the way, it also has a human soul. Science can't tell you that, but faith can tell you that. Science says it has a human mama, a human daddy, and human DNA. Therefore, it's a human. 
got a human soul. It's a person. It doesn't become a person at some later point. And it is always evil to kill an innocent human person. Therefore, abortion is evil. Always, everywhere, no exceptions. The direct killing of an innocent human person is always evil. There are cases, which we could talk about at a different time, when sometimes the, um, someone dies unintentionally. But that's different than the direct killing of an innocent human being. That is never okay. And therefore, a Catholic can never support abortion. This again. A Catholic can never support abortion. The Vatican says that. There's a document that came from the Vatican in 2004 about the participation of Catholics in public life. And, and it said just that. A Catholic cannot directly support abortion. However, there are some people in our society who are spreading around false information. I want to give you good information. So first I want to say that there is a document from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, the bishops in the U.S., that talk about, that it, they don't tell you who to vote for either. You're not going to find anybody in the Catholic Church who tells you who to vote for. Or, or, it, or at least that's what the policy says. That's what the bishops tell us. How the bishops tell us, tell us we should do something. If somebody in the Catholic Church is telling you who to vote for, they're not, they're not listening to the bishops. And that's not good. So the U.S. bishops have made a document called Farming Consciences for Faithful Citizenship. That's why you've seen the, the little squares with the American flags all over the place. And you can go online and you can read that. That Farming Consciences for Faithful Citizenship. And the bishops will tell you, hey, here are the principles to use. Here's how to begin to prepare yourself to know, to know who to vote for. To know which initiatives, which amendments or legislation or whatever's on the ballot to vote for. That's very clear. But like I said, there are some people who are introducing confusion. And I ask you to, to listen to this carefully. Because I, I, I don't want you to misunderstand. I, I've received um, two, two different things. I have received a video um, from a, a priest in, I think, Wisconsin named Father James Altman who says some things that are wrong. I was also presented with a, a newspaper article uh, from another priest, I don't remember who, uh, not in this diocese, um, who, who said some things that, uh, that struck me as odd, and it didn't seem to be in accord with what the bishops are telling us. And um, I'm glad that you send me these kind of things, and I'm glad that you ask me about these kind of things, because that means that then we can talk about them. So Father Altman from Wisconsin, in his video, he said that you cannot be a Catholic and a Democrat. Father Altman is incorrect. He's, he's wrong. Bishop Fobb has made it the policy in our diocese 
um, that, that we are not to, we are not going to support or um, disparage any politi- political candidate or any political party. So you're not going to hear me say anything particularly good or particularly bad about the Democrats or about the Republicans or specifically about the candidates. You'll hear me talk about policies. So what I'm going to say about what Father Altman said, because I have to say that because, people, he, because you're hearing it, is that he said that you can't be a Catholic and, you can't, and a Democrat, and he is wrong. I'm not saying the Democrats are good or bad. I am saying that they have abortion in their platform, and that's evil. That is an evil policy. I'm not saying, but I'm not condoning or, um, or despairing in that party. He's saying that's what he said is wrong. The reason he said it is because it is in the Democratic Party platform to support abortion, which is an evil. We've established that. What does the church say then about voting for candidates who support abortion? That same document, 2004, came from the Vatican. It said that a Catholic can, cannot support abortion. It said that um, there could be a circumstance, however, when a Catholic could vote for a politician who has some support of abortion. If there is a proportionate reason for doing so. So, what are some examples of a proportionate reason? Well, let's say we were coming up to the, an election and all of the candidates supported abortion. What would we do? Will we not vote? Maybe. Or perhaps we would vote for the best of the bad candidates. That would be a proportionate reason. Here's another example of a proportionate reason wherein one could vote for a candidate who supports abortion. Another example is if one candidate says that he or she is against abortion, but doesn't seem to back that up by actions, whereas another candidate says that he or she is in favor of abortion, but um, doesn't really do anything to promote abortion. The Catholic can say, okay, well, I, I actually think that it's going to be better for society and actually better for the unborn babies if I vote for this candidate who says he or she uh, supports abortion as opposed to this other one who seems to actually going to do worse uh, for the babies even though he or she pays like lip service to the pro-life cause. Those are two examples. Um, I, I, I don't think that those examples are present for us right now, but those are, those are two examples. So, as we examine our consciences, and as we examine the reasons, and as we think about voting, if anybody is thinking about voting for a candidate who supports abortion, no matter what political party, we have got to think, is there really a proportionate reason? 60 million babies since 1971 
in the United States. Murders. In what should be the safest place in the world, their mother's womb. Oftentimes, brutally murdered. Can you or I stand before the throne of God, which we will do at our day of particular judgment, and say, God, this was my proportionate reason. This was my reason that was so big that I thought that I should vote for this candidate who supported abortion. It is possible. I've just told you two scenarios where it would be totally morally acceptable to vote for a candidate who does support abortion. But that is a decision not to be taken lightly. To be taken very, very seriously. The last thing to say today is that um, it's not my job, as I've said already, to tell you who to vote for. It's not, it's not even my job to be like super involved in the political life. It's my job to help you to live as a disciple of Jesus Christ. To be a person of virtue. To be people who do the right thing. That to boil it all down, a virtuous person is a person who over and over and over again just does the next right thing. When we decide which legislation or constitutional amendments our senators or governors or presidents or local leaders to vote for, there are thousands of issues to consider. And yes, abortion is the most important one. It is the preeminent issue, the bishop tells us. But there are thousands of issues to consider. And I am not an expert, nor is Bishop Fob, nor is Pope Francis, nor are many, many priests and bishops, because that's not our job. I am not an expert in economics. I am not an expert in civics. I am not an expert in foreign policy or in medicine or in education or in all of these many things. But some of you are. And we are all like rational human beings who can do our research, who can, who can look into what, um, what this or that candidate proposes or what this or that policy intends to do and make a choice. I'll tell you this. Whatever choice we make, because we are Catholics, because we are striving to be disciples of Jesus Christ, has to care for the other person. Our choices cannot be selfish. Our choices cannot merely be about me. Our choices must protect the unborn. Our choices must protect the downtrodden. Our choices, our choices must be choices that love and promote the flourishing of ourselves, our families, and each and every human being.
insofar as we can. So might we pray? Let us fast as we approach the election a month from now. And let us love. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself.